learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. So discretion is defined by Merriam-Webster as an ability to make responsible decisions. This is a quality that all leaders expect from their people, but as we know, it is not always the case. So how do you interview to uncover discretionary habits? That's the topic of today's show. Today's quote, a sound discretion is not as much indicated by never making a mistake as never repeating it. And that was our friend Christian Nestel Bovi. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes by identifying specific problems and providing proven solutions to enable your company to win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Joseph Hopkins. He's the founder and senior managing partner of iPrestige Emerge Fund. Joseph is a thought leader in AI, authentication, and security technologies. He leads an innovative emerging technologies firm that serves as a proprietary first mover advantage IP incubation model that concentrates on growth opportunities in digital identity protection, security, and advanced encryption technology. Man, that's a mouthful. That's, that's a mouthful. You do a lot, my friend. All right, prior to uh, Joseph's AI and digital identity security work, he served as key executive management roles in Fortune 500 companies, including Kaiser Permanente, 3M, GSK, Allergen, and KPMG. And I would imagine throughout your career, you've hired like Hundreds of people, right? I have indeed, yes. Yeah, and that's what makes you a perfect guest for today's topic. Joseph, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Well, thanks, Rick. Appreciate you inviting me. Looking forward to the show. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, so today we're going to discuss why it's important to connect with people while adding value, and then we're going to talk about how to evaluate for good discretion in the hiring process. Sound like a plan? Sounds great. Yeah. All right. So let's get started with connecting with people. So let's talk about why this is important. I mean, I'm a big believer that in the hiring process, and even when you're working with people, it's a very transactional model. So why is it important to connect with people? Well, so one of the businesses uh, that I, I own, I run, is in fact an advisory IP, intellectual property valuation firm. So we work with lots and lots of different clients. So clients will judge you not only on the nature of the work, the kind of work that you do in terms of the quality of it, but they'll also judge you basically on how you read them, how you kind of come in and fit within the culture. It's largely assumed if you're doing an engagement with the client and you've been successful, that usually means you're also fitting within the culture. And that's important. So how do we connect with people? Well, so one of the things I try to encourage my folks to do, and something I've learned over my long, long, long career, I won't tell you how long I've been at it, but I've been out there a while, is I try- I won't say as long as I've been in <laughs> either. <laughs> I, I, I think I got beat you a little bit, Rick, in, in terms of age. But, but we look young because we both shave our heads. This is true. This is true. I love your, I love your hairdo for sure, for sure. So, yeah, my hairdo, my black eye. Yeah, today. yeah. So I encourage people to do a few things, particularly when it comes to connecting with me or even one of my clients. So I think coming in with energy is really important. Mm -hmm. I also think eye contact is super, super important. I think it's also really important to make sure that you need to have some level of discretion to be able to sort of read people to understand their cadence, to sort of pick up on what they like and what they don't like. And as, as unfair as that may sound, you need to be able to do it fairly quickly if you're engaging with the kinds of clients that we, we are normally doing business with. People will, generally speaking, judge you very, very quickly. And so yeah. you need to be able to pick up them, on these things quickly. Well, that and you have to be protective of other people's time. 
That's exactly right. So what's your definition then of discretion? I think discretion for me is, again, picking up on a cadence of a a particular leader or someone whom you may may be working with. You need to sort of pick up on the likes and maybe the dislikes, I think, fairly quickly. I think using proper judgment is really important. In my line of business, in terms of consultancy work that we do, advisory work that we're doing, when clients that have assigned us a really critical, important work, they're expecting that we're going to be able to keep that very private. So I think integrity is really important. You can tell someone that you've got integrity, particularly a stranger that may not know you. They may may or may not believe that. But generally speaking, if you're in my line of work, they're going to assume that you've got it and you'll only have one chance to blow it with them. To, uh, and to that's prove it. them wrong, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Damn. So this really kind of boils down to listening skills, right? Like yep. developing your listening skills to, yep. to understand what, who people are. So let's talk a little bit about that. What, what else is important besides developing your listening skills? I think it's important to make sure, particularly in my line of work, that you're aware of what the engagement is, that the work that you're involved in, you, you know when you need to get done, what kind of work it is that you are involved in, how much time it is going to take you to get it done. And you've got to be able to really make sure that you're keeping the client really engaged with that as well. And I think that you need to make sure that you're constantly kind of reaching out to that client to let them know from an overall performance perspective, you know, how things are going. They're going to be expecting you to ask questions based upon what they've told you in the past from an expectations perspective. When you're bringing it back to the people that you're putting on site with the clients and that sort of thing and you're hiring them, Mm -hmm. what's important for you to be able to kind of make sure that you're gauging the right person for the right client? There's there's some matching that you need to do there, right? There is. Well, you know, I I can get into some of the things that I do from an overall recruiting perspective in terms of, I think there's a balancing perspective one needs to do when it comes to just bringing people into my organization. Sure. I think for me... Most people that work for me and they've they've gotten to the to the place of actually getting to me, let's say within a typical interview, there's a few things I'm looking for. So one obviously is is key for me is discretion. Mm-hmm. Really making sure that there's someone that I think that I can ultimately put in front of a client, someone that I can maybe give an important piece of work to and and have the a faith that they actually can get it done. Sometimes it's more difficult when the person is, we've got young people to work for us, but certainly the younger you are, generally speaking, sometimes the, the harder it is to pick up on discretion because she's generally speaking, don't necessarily have as much of a track record with a younger person as you do with an older person. Obviously, the older you are, the more work experience you've got, then there's a little bit of a record or a track record for you. So we can go back and we can take a look at you know the jobs you worked for, people that you maybe regularly engage with beyond just friends, but also professional peers. And we can we can generally speaking sort of in, get an indication in terms of you're a person that that has the ability to to use reasonable judgment, make make good decisions. Sometimes folks who tend to be volatile aren't necessarily the best people for us because they offer a little bit more risk than maybe what we want to put in front of our clients. So you can gain evidence as to whether or not that person is going to be successful in your organization. That's right. Yeah. And again, that kind of loops back to listening, right? To asking the right questions and gathering that information. Yep. All right. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I am Rick Gerard, And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment for our sponsors. Check out what we do at stridesearch.com. There you're going to find additional content resources and how I can take more ginkgo biloba. And you can book me to speak at your next meeting or conference. Today, our guest is Joseph Hopkins. He's the founder and senior managing partner of the iPrestige Emerge Fund. And we're talking about how to find discretionary people that'll fit into your environment. Mm-hmm. 
So we talked a little bit about why this is important. Now let's talk about how to do this. How do we evaluate somebody to have good discretion? You know, there is a, a bit of subjectivity, but also I think you could balance that out with some level of objectivity. So a couple of things. One of the things, and this sounds a little hokey, but it's important to me. And I think generally speaking, it's important to most people. Folks just may use different words for it. I do think that you need to be both professional so you need to have a certain level of professionalism. I think we all know what that means. But you also, I think you need to be somewhat cool. So cool just simply means that if you're going into a situation and that situation, you need to sort of be able to fit within the situation without anyone sort of directing you how to do it. You have to be able to sort of adjust yourself based upon the situation you find yourself in. And you need to do it by which you're not necessarily exhibiting a lot of angst. And so you, you have to be a little eased. You have to be somewhat cool. But at the same time, again, in my world, you need to be professional as, at the same time. So not cool like you and I, but like oh, cool yeah. in the situation. Well, More situational. Well, cool. that would be terribly difficult to do that, of course. But, <laughs> but no, but I, I think, I, I look, I've, I, I've put folks in, in front of important clients, and sometimes they, they are so professional to where they're just uptight to where it's just not rubbing correctly. It's and an that, uncomfortable situation. It really, really is. And that starts to just get into some real, just tough interaction situations. So situational kind of coolness. That. Yeah. I like that. Sort of situational coolness. And that, and that and again, that, that, that does require judgment, discretion. Again, I think sometimes the, the longer you've been at it, the more you can adjust yourself to it. So how do you, in the interview process though, how are you able to evaluate for situational coolness? You know, I look at the shoes first of all. Uh, that's important. <laughs> and usually if they've got a bunch of hair, then I, that's usually a no-go for sitting. No, I'm just kidding. Look, I think, I, I think uh, generally speaking, I'm looking to see if the person is coming across fairly calm, if they're coming across confident, if they've got good eye contact, if they're picking up on mannerisms that I am exhibiting, that they need to sort of adjust themselves. I'm looking for all of these things. Sometimes I will do things out of the ordinary that's not necessarily a characteristic of mine just to sort of see how they're going to respond or react to it. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Kind of whether or not they're able to like chameleonize themselves mm -hmm. to you and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That's actually really important, especially if you're putting people in front of clients. Yeah, yeah, it, it really, really is. Yeah, yeah. And then particularly when you think about the whole interview process, you know, that this is where you've got to have a little bit of a balance. And again, I think I'm also looking for some of that doing the interview process. You know, doing that process, there's probably three things I'm picking up on. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I think doing the interview process, there's probably three things that, that we look for there, right? So one is what I would call more like, you know, empirical type evidence. Okay. So, and of course, a lot of this is sort of resolved itself by the time they get in front of me. But in terms of, you know, do they have the educational level that we're looking for? Do they have a certain level of job skills that we're looking for, job experience that we're looking for? So some of these things are fairly empirical. There's hard data there. So there's not a lot of subjectivity there. So that's basically the stuff off the resume where they've worked. Yep. That sort of yep. thing. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's really black and white easy. kind of stuff. Yeah. Real black and white kind of stuff. And that, and that stuff there, you just really need to be able to check the box off before you start to engage with people, in my opinion. I find what's interesting about that is, okay, so we're talking about resumes real quickly. I find that one of the most valuable space on a resume is the white space, because there's a lot of things that are not on a resume that people don't think to put on that are actually, you know, valuable to you. Do you dig into that to kind of extrapolate any of that information? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a really good point because frankly, some of some of the white paper stuff is the most interesting about the person. Yeah. As, as an example, I have an MBA and I have, an, uh, of course, a, a bachelor's, but I also went to seminary. 
So oh, did you really? I did. I went okay. to Fuller Theological Seminary. That's how I actually got to California. Okay. I was a linguistics major, and I studied, you know, five languages, actually. So you didn't go into the priesthood? Oh, uh, well, it was, more, it was it? more of an academic theologian. Okay, got it. But I, but I studied Greek, Sanskrit, Aramaic, a few other languages that kept me fairly esoteric and, and rather boring to the girls. But what's interesting about the white space is that you can pick up things about a person that sort of makes them who they are or pick up really interesting facts about them or things that drive them to, from a passion perspective. So I try to like to ask people questions that aren't actually even on the resume just to kind of pick up in terms of just, I'm trying to figure out some things that makes them interesting and appealing and attractive to, to our company or to myself. And that would probably be your next piece, which would be what? That's right. So my next one would be, in fact, what I would call more, this is more, more, a little bit more subjective, mm-hmm. where I'm actually trying to reach out to their colleagues, reach out to their peers. It's really more what I call interpretive. So this is more where you're getting to a little bit more subjective. So it's not this so much on the- This is after the interview though, right? Well, no, this is, this is doing, doing the interview. During the, okay. Well, this is actually doing the interview process, but yeah. that's right, post, post my discussion with them. So it would be after the interview. Got yes, it. that's correct. But what are you looking for in the actual interview itself? Are you looking for these three pieces? I think it's actually more holistic, right? So one is the actual just prerequisite to make sure they're qualified to sort of do the position that they're looking to do. Two is the whole interpretive, and that is in, in terms of just reaching out to people that know them, people whom they've may worked with, to try to understand how they may have gotten along with the person, to understand uh, some things about them that that person may not necessarily tell me, things I necessarily wouldn't certainly find out on a resume. And then, of course, the third one, and, and you're right, that, and, that, and that second piece there is stuff we nor- normally would find out once we start, you know, checking checking the person out a little bit more, and then lastly, of course, me is is for me is the gut, the actual the actual gut, my gut feel of the person. I try not to make that my sole criteria when I'm when I'm talking to someone from an interview perspective, but certainly. I'm a big believer that you need to go with your gut as well, but I think gut is only so good, and what may feel good to me may not necessarily be necessarily the most accurate thing, right? So you, I think you have to balance gut out with the whole interpretive in terms of talking to peers that may know the person as well as looking at the empirical data. I always have that question of, okay, I get trust in your gut, and I'm big on that too, yep. but what if your gut is wrong? Well, it has been. <laughs> yeah. It has been. I, it I've, has made, been. I've had gut decisions that I made, and I was like, you know what? And it was wrong because I didn't, I didn't ask the right questions or I didn't load up my gut with the right information. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it, it has been for sure. One of the things that I try to do in terms of sort of providing a little bit of a check and balance to myself mm-hmm. is I will literally also reach out to my own network of people to make recommendations of for folks whom I may be, whom, for a role that I may be looking to try to fill. Normally, folks within my network, they know me. So they sort of know my cadence, they know the kind of person I am, they know what my drive, my passions are, they know how we do our business for the most part. And so normally I'll also ask them to you know suggest some folks for me. That in itself, I think, filters a lot for me as referral well. Referral-based. It does. That's really important. You know, hey, look, at most people hire through referrals and those are usually your most successful hires. That's right. I mean, where I see it implode sometimes is when, hey, my friend is looking for a job, can you help him out, that sort of thing. And and you hire based on that, but that person's never worked with that person, that sort of thing. I, I've seen that backfire quite a few times. Getting back to how to evaluate. So you're trusting your gut. So what are you looking for? Uh, education is important to you. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And, and for some people, that, that's like a must-have. Are you a must-have person? You know, I don't want to sound There's so... There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It, you know, I, I've been accused of folks that I work with or worked with in the past to be fairly draconian when it comes to this sure. topic. But 
I do. I, I think education is really important to me. I think some of it is based upon just my own experience itself. I mean, I, I necessarily didn't grow up in the, the best neighborhood, but I was able to, you know, go through different levels of schooling. And I think, I think it actually indicates that if you can get yourself a degree, I think it indicates that you have the ability to accomplish something that's important. You finished up. You finished up, yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, it's, it's not so much necessarily just a college education. I think trade schools are also super important. I think people who have talent, whether it's, you know, wanting to become an electrician or maybe some level of, you know, construction, whatever it may be, right? Yeah. You have to go to trade school, generally speaking, for some of these things. And so I think just having the ability to, being able to show that you actually completed something like a degree and or a trade school, I think it's really important to me. And I think that is an important piece that I look for. And for me, I think it's largely around, I'm giving someone a piece of really important work. Can they get it done without making excuses? Can they get it done in a timely fashion without making excuses? You know, here, I'm going to give you that other argument, which I'm yeah, sure, sure you've heard, right? Yeah. What about those people who are the exceptions? What about mm. those people who actually are lifelong learners but did not finish? What about, you know, Bill Gates of the world and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Zuckerberg? First of all, thank goodness for the exceptions. Yeah, right. I'm pretty convinced our world wouldn't be where it is today without them. You think about the, you know, Steve Jobs and think about Bill Gates, think about Zuckerberg, all these folks. But keep in mind here, the, these are very, very unique, oftentimes geniuses in their own right, but they are truly the exception. They are they are less than the one-tenth of one percenters. So in my opinion, one should never run their lives based upon the exception. You need to follow the rule. And I, I tend to be one that, that will bet by the averages, if you will, and I can't follow the exception. But absolutely right. It, it's good to look at those folks, certainly admire them for what they do. But should one try to live a life like they have, it's an exceptional life. And I'm not convinced that that's how we should we should do it. Yeah. And, and, and really, if you think about it, those exceptions are called entrepreneurs, and they're probably not looking for a job with you. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Unless they're kind of trying to fund something else or do something else. Yeah. It's a background thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's awesome. All right, so what would you say would be two or three key takeaways that you can give the audience today that they can plug into their business that'll help them yep. to kind of evaluate people in the right way? Yeah, that's a good question. So one of the things I would, I would encourage folks to do is when you're interviewing people, really try to situate them for success. So I think having a super balanced approach is really important to me. Again, those three, three things I just mentioned. Yeah, okay, got it. I don't think you should just go necessarily by gut. It's too subjective from a person like you making these judgments about someone that can impact someone's life. So that's one thing. Two, I think you need to be able to also use some interpretive ways of doing it by way of talking to peers, et cetera. I think some people do that. It's a, it's just a good hiring process, uh, a way to do it. Yeah. And then largely you need to, I think I think there are some things that, that, that from a requirements perspective in your mind, if you think this is what the requirements are you need to just keep yourself honest and hold to them. If education is one of them, if a certain level of job experience is one of them, job skills is one of them, you should you should stick to those things. So I think th I think that's a balance between the hard data, between interpretive and gut, I think is really important too. It's important for, that we don't necessarily always take ourselves too serious. And so I think there's this whole cool factor mm -hmm. to also being a really good professional. I think you need to have both. I think someone that comes off as too professional will be a little bit of a turnoff 
for some clients, I have lots of clients we deal with that are more medium, small size businesses, and they are looking for people that can fit in, I think, really, really well. And I think the uh, third one is just, just good discretion. I think that being able to pick up on nuances on other cadence, whether it's clients or people like myself, if you're working for me or supporting a client, is important. And I think sometimes that's easier the older you get, of course. So sometimes it's more of a trial and error the younger you are. But uh, you know, as you get older in, in the work environment, using discretion becomes a little bit more easier because you kind of know what you're screwing up on and what you're not screwing up on. Totally. And then for our audience, I just want to add one thing because, you know, I see this a lot. Hiring on gut happens a lot. Like, hey, you know what? We talked about horses. We have a commonality. We talked about that for half an hour. I liked him. Let's hire him. Not a good idea. But then also hiring entirely based on skills is a bad idea too because, oh, well, he told me he has four years of this, seven years of that, and that checked off all my boxes. So, you know, that other piece of it, those three check boxes, I think are key for sure. Totally, totally agree. Well, we're just about out of time for today's show, Joseph. Thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of our audience can reach you, find you, and find out more about you? Yeah, thank you so much. And again, thank you for inviting me. Great show. Oh, thank you. I love the ambience. I always say the like, worst part of the show is the host. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> this is good. And again, I love the hair do so. Nice job there. I know, right? Yeah. I got the so, memo. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. You can certainly reach me there, Joseph. K. Hopkins, or I also have a, a blog as well, Joseph, this is all one word, josephkhopkins.com, and pretty active on, on both of those mediums. So and we'll have a link to it in the show notes for sure. Thanks. All right. So I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Christopher Decker, our producers, Andrea Ballin and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review and share, make comments and yell at me and do whatever you'd like to do. After all, this show is about you and I actually really appreciate it. And we take your comments to heart. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher. That's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O, Dot com, or you can drop me an email at rickatstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be David DeFrancis. David is the CEO of IT Proactive. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you've been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick Turner.